Welcome to the C2C Podcast. I am your host, Derek Anderson. After holding my first event in 2010, I went on to create Startup Grind, a 400-chapter community based in over 100 countries. Along the way, I discovered the greatest marketing tool of all time, your customers. Yet, I couldn't find anyone sharing how to build a community where people could experience your brand in person or at scale. On this show, we talk with the brightest minds and companies on the planet about how to build customer-to-customer marketing strategies and create in-person experiences for your brand and customers before your competitor does. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the C2C podcast. Today's show, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about the effects of the coronavirus for community professionals and especially for C2C in-person communities. This is totally unprecedented, and uh, we're trying to sort of figure this out as we go, as I'm sure all of you are too. I've thankfully got one of the most knowledgeable people on building community in the world on the podcast with me today, David Spinks, founder of CMX, VP of Community at Bevy. And we're going to talk about what we're hearing, what we're experiencing, and things that are working for the people in the community industry that we've seen. Take a listen. David, let's start with just talking about the community industry in general. How is the coronavirus affecting people in our world? Everyone is canceling their events if they're coming up in the next few months, and it's throwing them all for quite a loop. Um, you can imagine planning an event. You can definitely imagine. You, you run events. I run events. Spending an entire year curating speakers, getting sponsors, choosing venues, selecting vendors, getting food, designing it, promoting it, just to have to cancel it a week before. It's unheard of. One event having to do that's tough. Imagine for multiple conferences, multiple events. So it's a frustrating time for a lot of teams. They're scrambling to figure out kind of how to either pivot their event programs, how to pivot their strategies, um, or just essentially put them on pause until they figure out what to do. Yeah, I mean, we just hosted the Startup Grand Global Conference in the first week of February. We had almost 10,000 people show up, and we just sort of barely got it done right as the wave was coming. And, you know, messages between me and the people on my team there are just... I mean, we're, I think, I think we can all empathize with, with what people are going through right now and how difficult it would be. I mean, I, I'm sort of sick for a lot of friends who are hosting events and they're getting canceled and things I was planning to fly to and go to to support them. And, and now, you know, those aren't happening anymore. Um, some at great personal loss for the kind of community people and for brands, um, you know, great professional loss. So it's, um, sort of unprecedented time, like the people specifically, the community professionals specifically, like, are you feeling, is it just confusion? Is it, you know, wait and see? Is it, you know, sadness? Is it optimism? Like, what are you hearing from from these people? I guess one silver lining and cool thing to see, which isn't too surprising, I guess, for the community industry, is seeing how community teams are rallying together right now. And so in the CMX community, there's been multiple virtual calls set up across many different community teams to essentially just come together and talk about what they're seeing, what they're doing, how they're adapting their strategies. So I don't think anyone's sitting on their hands. I don't think anyone's really, you know, freaking out about it. 
it seems like everyone's just jumping right into action and figuring out what they need to do to take care of their communities, to take care of their programs. Um, so that's been pretty uplifting to see. What do you think it means for the future? How are communities going to be built differently or sort of once this all settles down, how will, are there things that will never be the same? Yeah, there's people saying like, oh, after this, everyone's just going to do virtual events. I, I, I don't think that's true at all. I think that this is just going to make it that much more clear how important it is to have in-person events because people are going to be holed up in their homes. They're going to be quarantined. They're going to not be going to events at all for the next few months at least. And so coming out the other end of this, I think people are going to be craving in-person community more than ever. And also look at all the events that are rescheduling for the fall right now. Like what we're actually going to see is a boom of in-person events later. But what we'll also see is that during this time, companies are going to be running a lot more virtual events, which is a category that has had a fair share of skepticism in the past. Companies not really you know, knowing beyond a webinar, what can you really do to gather people online for events? Can you get the same value you get from in person? I think they're going to be experimenting with that a lot right now, building up their experience, using the tools. And so on the other end, I think we'll see more well-rounded programs launch because people, uh, brands will be able to run both virtual community programs as well as in-person programs in tandem. I spoke to somebody who uh, runs an event for one of the top 20 technology companies in the world. And they were speaking with the CEO of this company and the CEO said to them, hey, can't, can't we just like do it all virtually? And the person just kind of laughed because obviously not like these great experiences in these conferences, like there is no way to replicate these things virtually. Um, and I, I think that's, that's, what's interesting. Um, you know, what, what you just said is exactly right. Like we, we sort of feel it right. And that's why we pay so much money to go and do these things. It's also why like you don't do Disney world in VR, right? Like you go to Disneyland, you know, um, and you have that experience in person and, you know, you, you don't go to a mall and, and, and attend Dreamforce. These are things that, you know, that's part of the human experience. And I think, you know, this happening right now, uh, is such a rare phenomenon and hopefully it's not something that is a more common phenomenon over time. I, I don't think, think it will be, but, uh, you know, Mobile World Congress canceled their event for the first time in 33 years. So South by Southwest never canceled their event. So this is something that, you know, humans are always going to want to meet and spend time together and learn from each other and have experiences together. And um, hopefully this in some ways makes us more grateful for, you know, having those experiences and when, when we can get back to doing it. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I mean, I think virtual events have unique value. I actually think lots of companies should explore doing virtual events. You can bring a lot more people to your event uh, without needing, you know, you can bring 15,000 people to your event and you don't need a, a venue for 15,000 people. You don't need to feed 15,000 people. There's obviously much lower cost associated with it, which generally virtual events aren't charging anywhere close to what a, a in-person event is charging. And you can essentially create 
some valuable experiences online. You can create networking opportunities. There's some really cool tools out there like Icebreaker is one of my favorites that connects people one-to-one to each other for essentially speed networking, right? I think like if you're going to do a virtual event, don't think about how do we just copy our offline event and turn it into a virtual event. I would step back and start from first principles to say, what is it about a virtual event that's uniquely valuable that we can bring to people? And then later on, what you'll find is that you can be doing both those virtual events, which brings a lot of people together. Uh, You can bring people from all over the world. They don't have to travel. They don't have to move. People will be less engaged overall in a virtual event, right? Like if people are physically at an event, they're going to go to all the content they can, all the people they can. For a virtual event, they're going to pick and choose the things they want to participate in. So you can create a different experience that's uniquely valuable from that offline experience. Yeah, I totally agree. And and that's that's a great point. Like, don't don't be lazy about it and just put it online. I think we've seen a lot of, you know, organizers and different organizations across the world, like just cancel their events. And, you know, our message back to them has been like, no, like, dude, like, this is a good chance to experiment and try something different and see if you can provide value for the community in a different way. Maybe, maybe at a fraction of the effort and a fraction of the cost and a fraction of the time, but, but with not a fraction of the impact. Yeah. You know, if there are lots of, finally, you know, there are many platforms that make these things pretty easy and relatively seamless and, and they're pretty cheap. So it, people should access those and, you know, and try it out and see what happens. Yeah. If, if everyone who's listening hasn't already seen it, uh, we publish an article with lots of tools and resources that you'll be able to use to host your online events. So has lots of different technology uh, options that for networking, for streaming your content, for doing a lot of unique things in an online event that's more than just a webinar. But uh, I'm curious. So you you had the big global event for Startup Grind. You have local events and chapters all over the world. What are you guys doing to adapt the uh, the event strategy for Startup Grind right now? You know, Startup Grind does about 250 events a month at the local level. I think we you know we have a we have a some big conferences around the world throughout the year. We've sort of gone into like a planning phase, honestly, and like we have more time you know, where there's some things we're planning to do, which now we don't, we're not doing. Uh, and so I think it's just given us a chance to like step back and really look at, okay, what's really important. Let's look at everything we're doing. Um, let's look at that lit long list of things we've wanted to do for a long time. And can we, you know, make some improvements to some things that we, we want to make improvements on, but we just haven't had an opportunity to with, with the sort of extra time that we now have. I love seeing Facebook's announcement when they canceled F8. They said, look, we're, we're going to do way more local events. I talked to a, another huge technology company, household name, about their strategy with this. And they just said, look, our, like, our organizers, they, they want to do more local events. So I think that's, that's sort of the bread and butter of Startup Grind. So that feels like, um, you know, frankly, we, our conferences aren't as big as many of these other mega conferences because we've sort of focused on that over a long period of time. I think more important than ever is our, our local communities. Like we know that we read about this, we see this, like we're losing community at the city level, uh, at the, you know, at this sort of neighborhood level. Um, and he, here's an, here's a great opportunity for us to just sort of get back to being good neighbors and don't get on the plane. Like we can have those experiences. We can still get the education, the training, learning that we need where we live. Uh, if we just 
plan around that versus like I've got to go fly somewhere to, to you know to get something that I need. What what are you communicating to your local organizers? Is it, is it kind of their choice on whether to switch to virtual or keep hosting their in person events? I mean, we recommend first and foremost like the safety of these people and their families. I mean, that's number one, and then number two is you know following the guidelines of what the you know the local governments are advising, and you you got to sort of cover your baselines there. And I think from there, I mean, we're we're absolutely encouraging people to host virtually that can't host in person. We're absolutely encouraging people that aren't affected by the virus to continue to host events until otherwise pushed to do something else. We had an event recently that got, I saw it got canceled. And, you know, I said, the organizer said, look, call the speaker, see if they'll get on their computer for an hour. Instead, they already committed three hours to you. Just get them on, on Zoom and invite everybody to, to join. And, you know, hopefully they can still have that experience. It, and frankly, should should be a really interesting, unique experience uh, that people aren't used to and something memorable. You know, we, we still have programs running. You know, we have a big program that runs in April. Uh, you know, there'll be some cities we plan to do it in and others that we'll dial it up in that we weren't planning to do it in. I think uh, you, you can't, I don't know, I don't live by fear. And so I try to, like, be empathetic and be like understanding of everybody's situation at the same time, like we should live our lives and, and we shouldn't live in fear. And, and so if you can't do it, if the government says don't do it, then listen to that. That's the way to go. But, you know, we should do everything we can to continue to build community if we're in a safe place to do that. So let me ask you, David, you've got lots of events. We got CMX Connect that we're, they're doing dozens of events each month. David, what about leveraging online versus meeting in person for the time being? Like, what can I do to get more out of my sort of online community coverage? So first of all, it's just have a contingency plan for all of your events. So what we're looking at doing for CMX Summit is we're fully planning on doing our in-person events in October. We are counting on things settling down by then. That said, we're not going to rest on our laurels, we we can plan ahead of time. We are fortunate that our event is until October, so we can really get get out ahead of it. And so we're we're essentially going to be planning both a physical event and a virtual event. So if we need to switch to a virtual event, we'll be ready to do that. We could communicate up front. We can make sure our sponsors are all on board, all of our attendees are on board, and we're going to communicate really clearly about what's happening. Now if you find that you can't do a physical events because it's coming up really soon or um, or you just want to pivot your strategy, then a lot of companies are switching to virtual. Like I said, you know, for virtual events, you want to take a step back and think about it's not the same event. You're not just taking the same thing that you were going to do offline and turning it into a webinar. You can do that, but it'll just be a webinar. It'll just be people watching a stream of a speaker or an interview. That's fine. You'll collect leads. Um, and people will get some content. But there's probably more opportunities than that to really connect people. And there's something about calling something a virtual event versus a webinar. I don't know why, but if you call it a virtual event, it feels better. It feels better quality. It feels like a more complete experience that people are looking for, right? So you can call it a virtual event, a virtual summit, a virtual conference. When people come to that, they expect that it's going to be content, but also... You can have a vendor space where all of your sponsors can still show off their products. You can do demos with your sponsors. Um, you can use tools for networking. 
there's fully kind of like out of the box event solutions that do everything you need, or you can piece together different tools like Zoom and Icebreaker and um, discussion group software, whatever it is you want to be able to have people interact with each other in different ways. And I, I guess that's the key difference between a webinar and a virtual conference or virtual event is a webinar is just a lot of people watching a stream. A virtual event or virtual conference is also creating opportunities for people to interact with each other. As we kind of wrap up, uh, I'd love to hear what you think. If I, you know, put yourself in a community professional's shoes, like what can I do to mitigate the damage that this crisis is going to have on my community and the brand overall? Like, are there any sort of best practices that you can think of or things that you'd recommend that that I would do to just try to, you know, stay engaged with my community and 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 try to, you know, help get through this crisis with them? First, I would flip the script and look at this as an opportunity. You'll be amazed at what your community is capable of when there's a period of crisis or struggle that they really feel like they have to step up and rally and help each other. Like you're seeing these conferences get canceled and the conference organizers are really worried that people are going to be so upset. But everyone knows that there's the coronavirus going around. No one's shocked that they've had to do this. No one blames them for having to do it. So there's no loss of trust there. If anything, they're gaining trust by saying like, look, it's in your best interest and the best interest of of humanity that we don't host this event. And it's been pretty incredible to see how their communities are stepping up and supporting them. They are, you know, very willing to take credit for next year's event rather than demand refunds. Sponsors are still being very supportive of events. You know, we're all in this together. Everyone's being impacted. And so instead of worrying about like, oh, this is really going to hurt our community, look at it as, wow, this is an opportunity for our community to rally together, be involved. And I, I believe your community will come out the other side much stronger. Um, in order to really facilitate that, one thing I think you have to do is get out ahead of the communications and the messaging. So companies that are kind of like waiting as long as possible to say anything and um, the community doesn't really know what's happening with the events. That's a problem. You want to communicate really clearly, really transparently, let people in behind the scenes and let them know, like, here are the decisions we're facing, here are the options that we have, and just let them feel like they're a part of that process. That's going to get a lot of trust and make people feel like, all right, like, clearly this isn't great, but at least we know what's happening. And then for the community team, you know, look at what your program was for the year and take a step back and say, cool, maybe we're not going to be able to do things the way we wanted to. But if we had a business goal of driving new customers or improving customer experience, uh, you, you can maybe take out the in-person for a few months and figure out what are the other things that you can now lean into more in order to keep that community engaged, whether that's your online community, local events uh, where people don't have to travel or those virtual events, you can now experiment with new kind of programming that you otherwise wouldn't have. And, and that's going to be fun for your community to experiment with new models, new experiences, new things that they aren't you know, accustomed to having every year. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to try new things, to grow together, and to give your, your community an opportunity to step up and, and support you in, in a time where you as a team and you as a company need that support. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. 
If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. That's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod.